This is Ria. Welcome to Little Stories for Tiny People. I have a guest. I know, it's been a while. I've gotten a lot more choosy about who I invite because of all the mm, mishaps. But today, everything is going to go great. And I had to have a very specific guest for this story. A Studio Spider guest. Because our story today is about a spider. Please welcome my guest, resident of studio corner number five, Jim. Hey, Jim. Your laptop looks even tinier up close. So, Jim, I wanted to get started by... Wait, what are you you typing? I didn't even say anything yet. Oh, I just received a new email. Okay, let me see here. Dear Rhea, did I have better things to do today? Yes, I did. Seriously? But I was tired of hearing all of your begging and pleading for me to be a guest on your show. I did not beg. Goes on. After all that, I came all the way down from corner number five and... And you called me Jim. My full name certainly appeared in the three letters of recommendation you asked for. I find it absurd that I should need even one letter of recommendation to appear on a podcast, especially a podcast that has contained so many unforgivable mistakes in the past. You know what? I think we all get the gist of this email. And... You're right. I should give your full name to my audience, so I'm sorry. Please welcome Mr. Jimothy Zimothy to the studio. I am honored to have you as a guest. And I concede that three letters of recommendation, it was a little bit much. I just don't want anyone breaking my ceiling anymore. Is that too much to ask? Let's get to our story. It's called Spider and Her Plants. Take it away, Owen. Remember, there are no pistols. You have to imagine the pistols in your mind. You can imagine them however you want. Okay, here we go. This story takes place in a one-room apartment. In the room, there is a small couch and a bed. There are two windows. There's a curtain on one window and nothing on the other. The window with the curtain looks out over a busy city block. The other window faces a brick wall. There is a tiny kitchen with a stove just big enough to fit a baking sheet filled with roasted vegetables. If you asked a human person to list all of the living things in the room, they'd probably begin with the person. The person who walked very slowly with a cane that made a nudging sound on the floor. Next, they'd probably mention the dog with its jangly collar and its ever-present grin. A fair number of people would stop the list of living things 
just there. But the spider who lives in the room is not a person, so she would never arrange the list of living things that way. If you asked her to give you a list of all the living things in the room, naturally, she would begin with herself. Next on the list would not be the person, nor would it be the dog. Next would be the plants. In the room, there are plants in big pots and bigger pots. There are plants in small pots and tiny pots. There are plants hanging from the ceiling. The walls of the room are pale brown. But to Spider, that room is green with life. Spider's life takes place in the bright, leafy green world of the plants. Some of the plants have vines that creep down their pots and inch over the sides of bookshelves. Some of the plants have broad, shiny leaves. Others have spines and prickles. There are even a few small trees with slender trunks that grow straight up as if they might leave the room through the ceiling. But they never do. Spider loves the plants. They're her best friends. That might sound a little sad, but Spider doesn't think so. To her, she and the plants are the most important things in the room. The plants never talk. They only listen. This is important to Spider because she likes to talk. This story really gets going on a Thursday. Spider is in a talkative mood, as usual. She sidles over to a prickly plant she has named Tots. Did you see those storm clouds yesterday? Pretty scary, huh? Did you notice that the air smelled like salt this morning? What was that about? Oh, and Tots, I meant to tell you about something the far corner spider said to me. She said, oh, what is the fur dragon up to? The fur dragon, the dog, is digging in the trash. Spider giggles. (laughs) I know, I know, Tots. It's the dog. Dragon. Dog. Whatever. The person with the cane shuffles over to the dog and brushes it away from the trash. Spider leans against Tots and watches as the person cooks the dog some lunch. The person cooks a hot lunch for the dog in a pot on the stove every day. It is something Spider finds most curious. She watches the person finish cooking and pour the food into the dog's bowl. The dog lunges for it, wagging its tail. Spider turns back to Tots. Anyway, so like I was saying, the far corner spider was going on and on about an enormous hand appears. Oh my goodness. Spider hides beneath a leaf. The person pours water from a pitcher into the plant. The person touches some of the leaves with her hand. She furrows her brow. She goes to the window with the curtain and pulls it shut. Spider finishes her story once the person is gone. Dots. 
It was so funny. I actually spit out my coffee and it hit the far quarter spider. In Tots listens eyes. to the entire thing, never interrupting once. A few hours later, while Spider is weaving her web, stretching it between a prickly plant she has named Ouch. Baby Prickles. Huh? You got me, Baby Prickles. I've got a wet And a feathery plant she has named Fernley. There is some commotion in the room. Spider ignores the flurry of activity. She crawls around, making sure each new strand of her web is placed with precision. The flurry of activity in the room gets more flurious. Or more active. Well, it gets more interesting, at least. Spider leans against Fernley. Do you see what's going on? What do you think happened? Is she okay? Spider, and to a lesser extent, Fernley, peer at the person with the cane. She doesn't look well. A younger person has arrived. The younger person throws some things in a bag, sloshes some water into the dog's bowl, and ushers the older person out the door. Spider listens to the nudging of her cane growing faint. Where do you think she's going? Do you think she's coming back? What will happen to the fur dragon? Fernley is speechless, perhaps because she is a plant, but also perhaps because nothing like this has ever happened before. Spider tries to go back to weaving her web, but her legs shake. The dog barks and startles Spider. She looks down at her work and sees that her web is askew. Oh no. The dog is at the window, paws up, tongue out, tail wagging with fury. Spider crawls over to a small tree she has named Jamila. Where are they off to? Do you have any guesses? Jamila doesn't have any guesses. Spider leaps and swings herself, using her silk all the way over to the window. She perches out of reach of the dog. She stares down at the street with her eight eyes and watches as the younger person helps the older person get into a car. The person's feet disappear. Her cane follows. The car drives away. In the early morning hours, just as the sky turns from a deep dark to a light purple, the younger person comes back. She takes the dog out and brings the male in. She sits for a long stretch at the window and stares out at the street. Her face is blank. Spider hugs one of the plants with the broad, shiny leaves. She has named this plant Lark. What do you think she's thinking? Spider says, gesturing to the person at the window. Lark doesn't have any thoughts on the matter. Have you noticed how human people only make blank faces or frowning faces when no other people are around? They almost never make smiling or laughing faces when they're alone. Lark is silent. Spider keeps her many eyes on the person. After doing a lot of staring out the window, 
and some petting of the dog, the person leaves. The younger person comes back a few times every day. She takes the dog out for walks. She cooks the dog's lunch on the stove. She never even looks at the plants. This is okay for the first few days, even the first week. But after 10 days, the plants start to look dry. Spider swings around each of her friends, dipping a foot into the soil. This feels like sand. And touching their leaves. Like tissue paper. Spider now feels a swell of anxiety every time the person walks by her botanical friends without a glance. The pitcher, the one the older person filled at the tap every so often, the one that was such a routine part of life that Spider barely considered its importance, sits empty on the counter. Spider swings herself over to Odie, a stout plant covered in spines. Odie, I don't know what to do. The leafy plants are getting sick. Leon was dropping leaves left and right yesterday. What do we do, Odie? What do we do? Odie doesn't respond. Spider takes this as a bad sign. Before the older person left, Spider didn't pay her much mind, except to muse about why she cooked homemade meals for the dog. But now, Spider thinks of nothing else besides the person. One afternoon, she swings over to Zara, a plant with long vines that trail down a bookshelf. The ends of the vines are turning yellow. Remember how she watered all of you? But not too much, you know? Spider is pretty sure Zara is agreeing, just quietly. Remember how she'd close the curtain when it was too sunny? But then she'd always remember to open it later. And remember when Hugo had that affliction? The one that shriveled his leaves and we all thought he was gone. And we all stood around and we all shared memories of him and we all laughed at all the funny things Hugo had quietly witnessed take place during his life. Well, I mean, I said all that stuff and I laughed. But you all seemed like you were quietly reflecting along with me. Zara doesn't reply. But the person put that stuff on him that made the disease go away. Remember, Zara? Remember how she saved Hugo's life? One of Zara's leaves breaks off and sails downward. Spider gasps. <gasps> she gives a moment of silence for the fallen leaf. Goodbye, leaf. Then swings away, unsettled. Later, to calm down, she reads some comic books to Hugo, who, though quite dry now, is still very much alive. Oh, Hugo, this is my favorite part. You are going to laugh so hard. The next morning, the younger person arrives and takes the dog out for a long walk. As Spider crawls around, she feels a new brittleness in the stem oh, no, oh, no, on a no, plant no. she has named Liliosa Montrose Thomason. She touches Liliosa's soil. It's bone dry. Bone dry. Bone dry, I say. Spider stops working and looks around at her friends. They are wilting before her many eyes. And 
there's something else. Something that, until now, Spider has not allowed herself to think about. She's getting hungry. The gnats that make up her diet have clearly noticed the dryness of the plant's soil. They've stopped coming around. I may have to leave my friends, Spider whispers. Spider's eyes dart to Liliosa. What might she think of Spider's whispered betrayals? Liliosa says nothing. Spider can't leave her friends. They're her whole world. Tots, Lark, Odie, Jamila, Hugo, and all the rest. These are her people. She can't just go because of a little hunger. Where would she go anyway? She was born in this room with these plants. The thought of leaving, of slipping out the door, as if as if they don't mean everything to her. The door opens and the dog bounds in, followed by the younger person. It's a welcome distraction for Spider, and she leans against Liliosa, watching the two creatures move about the room. The person goes to the stove and starts cooking the dog's lunch. Lunch. Spider needs lunch. She can feel her hunger in every limb. She can feel it every time she moves. My legs want food. I don't know how. But they do. She watches as the dog spins in circles, as its lunch warms up. The person goes to the window and gets that blank look as she stares out at the city street. Spider looks again at her friends, her silent friends, and feels a new feeling. She feels anger. Her friends are alive. They're alive. They need water. Yet they are silent. They don't say anything. You don't say anything. They don't bark like the dog. They don't ask for what they need. They never even answer her questions. They never comfort her. You never comfort me. Spider is so angry. She can almost smell smoke. As if it's seeping out of her into the air. She feels the heat of her anger filling up the whole room. It's blinding her, fogging up her vision. She packs up her things. She crawls up to a perch and readies to swing away from her life, away from her plants, towards the door, towards the unknown, towards... Rain? It's raining. Spider darts under one of Lark's stout, hardy leaves. She feels hot with shame, hiding beneath the shelter of her friend moments after planning to leave them all behind forever. Lark doesn't say anything. But how is it raining inside? Spider peeks out from the leaf. The red-hot anger she'd felt just a second ago is gone. But the smoke, the heat, that is real. It wasn't coming from her at all. It was coming from the stove. The dog's lunch has burnt to a crisp. 
There is smoke billowing from the pot. The rain is coming down from the ceiling, blanketing everything. The person and the dog are both dashing around wildly. The plants, the plants are being watered. Hours later, the rain has long since stopped. The damp air smells of smoke. Spider visits each of her friends, observes them drinking up the water, their stems like straws. She hugs each one, gently, so as not to damage their still brittle frames. She quietly apologizes for her betrayals. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. They are quiet in return. More people have arrived. A team of people. They are mopping up the water, setting up fans to dry out the room. Both windows are open wide. One of the people mopping bumps up against a statuesque tree Spider has named Kiana, then says, At least you won't have to water your plants for a while. Spider watches as the younger person, the one who burned the dog's lunch, drifts over to the plants. She looks at them, really looks at them. And even though they've been in front of her every single day for weeks, drying out, it's as if she's seeing them for the very first time. Finally. Spider sighs with relief. (sighs) She sighs with even more relief when the gnats return the following day, drawn by the damp soil. A few days later, the room is almost back to normal. The plants have recovered. The floor is dry. The furniture has been replaced. The smoky smell lingers, as if it's baked into the walls. The dog is asleep on the couch. Spider has just finished her web. It glistens in the late afternoon light. Spider watches as the dog leaps from the couch and goes to the door. It paws at the ground, wagging its tail. Spider knows this means someone is coming. That's interesting. She listens. Could that be the soft nudging of the older person's cane? Is that just Spider's imagination? The dog does look happy. The sounds get closer. Spider tries to imagine who will walk into the room. Whether the older person will come in, well again, and touch the plant's leaves. Maybe she's finally back, Dots. Maybe all of this is finally over. Maybe... Spider stops her daydreaming and looks around at her friends. For the moment, they are safe. They are well. That's all she can ask for. She cannot know what will happen. Spider watches as the door opens. I have five houseplants. I had seven. You might be able to guess what happened to the two that I no longer have. It would really help me if my plants could talk and tell me what they need because I'm not great at figuring it out. 
but I have learned to water them less than I think I should. And that's today's lesson on plant care. Moving on. Jimothy Zimothy, what did you think of the story? Did you love it? Oh, uh, new email. All right, here we go. Dear Rhea, Firstly, I take issue with the fact that Spider did not have a tiny laptop in order to send emails to the younger person requesting water for the plants. Okay. Had she been properly set up with a laptop, none of this would have ever happened. Secondly, why doesn't Spider have a name? She gave everyone else a name, but not herself. This makes no sense. You need to put more thought into your stories. You know what? I'm just going to skip to the end of this email. Okay, skip to the end. Thank you for inviting me to sit in to listen on this very flawed story. Despite the many problems with it, I reluctantly admit I did enjoy it somewhat. Yours truly, Jimothy Q. Zimothy. Q. What does the Q stand for? <laughs> what? Seriously? Uh, apparently, the Q stands for Quimothy. Well, Jimothy Quimothy Zimothy, thank you for joining me. I will take your many critiques under advisement. Well, I hope all of you somewhat enjoyed the story, too. Little Stories for Tiny People is written, performed, and produced by me, Rhea Pector. Peter Kay runs my website and puts my stories in the internet for all of you to enjoy. Big thanks to the listeners who provided sound effects used in this story. Thank you, Maggie, Gia, Lila, Ibrahim, Emma, and Ada. And a big thank you to Owen for the super important reminder message at the beginning. You can visit my website at littlestoriestinypeople.com to find links to my picture book, t-shirts, and other ways to support the show. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Little Stories Tiny People to see episode illustrations and other fun behind-the-mic stuff. And thank you, as always, for listening in.